Pelvic organ prolapse happens when the muscles and tissues supporting the pelvic organs, such as the uterus, bladder, or rectum, become weak or loose. This allows one or more of the pelvic organs to drop or press into or out of the vagina. The good news is there are treatments available to help this bothersome condition. And here to tell us more is Dr. Robert Chan, a urologist at Marin Health Urology, a UCSF Health Clinic. This is the Healing Podcast from Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Chan, what are some of the common complaints women have when they experience pelvic organ prolapse? A lot of times the complaints that I hear are women might feel or see some tissue coming out of the uh, opening of their vagina. This might manifest itself like they'll tell me that they are not able to wear a tampon anymore or their vagina might be dry or irritated just from it rubbing on the clothing. Sometimes when it gets like really bad, women actually have trouble urinating or having a bowel movement and might have to use their fingers to push the prolapse up just so they can have a bowel movement. So Dr. Chan, who is at risk for this? So it's a pretty common thing that we see in women who have had kids. In fact, one in three women who give birth end up getting prolapse. Some other reason, risk factors are aging and menopause. When, with the loss of the estrogen, as women get older, the tissue just gets a lot weaker and it just becomes a lot more common with age. Other things that patients might do that puts them at risk are if they're really constipated, uh, coughing, uh, obese, um, or if they're just like lifting really heavy things uh, on, a, on a daily basis. That's really interesting. So you mentioned loss of estrogen, among other things, and this affects one out of three women. So why does this happen? Do we know why? Basically, it's the pelvic floor muscles and the connective tissue end up getting weak or tearing. It's kind of the same process as like when people get hernias. You know, with age, uh, that tissue just becomes weaker and just more likely to tear. If, if you've had traumas, like having a baby, can kind of weaken that tissue. So are there different types of pelvic organ prolapse? There are. Uh, there's about five main categories. So if you kind of think of the vagina like, like a house and the, the different walls being uh, the different things that can kind of prolapse out, one of them is if the front of the wall being like the, the top part of the vagina, that would be the bladder. That can kind of fall out. That's what we call a cystocele. Sometimes the, the top of the vagina can weaken, and then some small intestine falls into the vagina. That's what we would consider an inner seal. If the, the floor of the house where the rectum is, if that kind of prolapses through, uh, that's called a, a rectocele. And then finally, if, if a woman still has her uterus in place, if, if that falls through into the vagina, that's uterine prolapse. And then in women who have already had their uterus removed, that can prolapse as well. And that's what we would call a vaginal vault prolapse. So when it comes to treatment then, what are some non-surgical interventions? Well, there's some things that uh, patients can do that uh, don't involve surgery that can definitely help the prolapse from getting any worse than it is. Making sure that they're not constipated and straining really hard uh, with bowel movements. Other things are if they're lifting really heavy objects, 
or uh, exercise that involve heavy weights, uh, they should probably kind of hold off on doing that. Uh, finally, smoking uh, tends to be really bad for causing these type of disorders, partly because it makes people cough a lot, but then it also kind of makes the, the tissue a little bit less healthy. So then what about more severe cases? Do those require surgery sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, the good news is that uh, pelvic organ prolapse isn't necessarily dangerous to a woman's health. It's more of a quality of life issue. And so doing surgery is more just to improve somebody's quality of life. For people who can't undergo surgery, we, we do have an option where we can put a pessary, which is a silicone device that kind of prevents the, the vagina from coming down. But in cases where like it's very bad, there's several different types of surgeries that we can do to kind of restore the, the support that's lost. Uh, one of them is called the sacrocopalpexy. This one, we go in with a robot um, and attach the, the top of the vagina using a strip of mesh, like a strong ligament uh, near the tailbone. For those who are a little bit wary about mesh, we do have a, a different option where we resuspend the top of the vagina uh, to some of the patient's own ligaments and tissue. So those are the more extensive kind of repairs. There are three repairs if the, the prolapse isn't so severe. One of them is just an anterior repair where we fix the, the bladder uh, prolapse uh, just with a vaginal incision. And then the partner of that would be like a posterior repair where we fix the, the rectum uh, portion that's bulging through the vagina. And then finally, one of the most effective treatment options that we have available is something called a copalchiasis, where we basically sew the, the two walls of the vagina together. It's great for older women where intercourse isn't necessarily a option or if they're not really that interested in it. So you had mentioned mesh as one of the repairs. What is the controversy surrounding mesh? Yeah, so there's been a lot of news in uh, mesh for pelvic organ prolapse repair recently. The FDA recalled some uh, mesh for prolapse repairs that went through the vagina. So all that stuff is currently off the market. However, these recommendations and warnings don't apply to mesh that's used for the sacral colpopexy that's placed through the abdomen. So a lot of women have incontinence as well, and we use mesh for that. And that type of mesh hasn't been recalled. So Dr. Chan, I understand there are women who just decide to live with this when there is help and treatment available. Why do some women not seek treatment? I think part of it is that a lot of women think that this is just sort of a natural part of aging and getting older and having children. And so they tend to live with it because they, they don't think that it requires treatment, even though it might be a significant uh, detriment to their quality of life. A lot of times whenever I finish operating on a woman, they mention that they wish they had sought treatment earlier and that you know their quality of life was a lot better and they really didn't know why they waited so long before they, they had it checked out. 
Well, we hope this podcast urges women to seek treatment and ultimately improve their quality of life. Dr. Chan, thank you for your time. And for more information, please visit MyMarinHealth.org. That's MyMarinHealth.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.